grown after they've been born. Now I'm going to say something right now going to make about maybe 10 of you mad. But I don't care if it makes all of you mad. We'll start over next week. You know, the Bible talks about church discipline, right? About kicking folks out that cause trouble. I'm almost going to say I'm about to the place. I am to the place. I'm to the place right now. If you vote Democrat, I don't even want you around this church. You can get out. You can get out, you demon. You can get out, you baby butchering election thief. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. They are God-denying demons that butcher babies and hate this nation. You see, here's what the left... Welcome to the Rookie Marican Show. Honestly, <clears throat> I'm your girl, Lisa Carter, and that was Pastor Greg Locke. I can <laughs> Every time I see that clip, I just laugh hysterically. It's just, it's, it's, you don't see it often uh, with pastors. Usually they cower down, they cower back. Uh, you know, they're very soft-spoken. They want to make sure everybody is, you know, Jesus is love, kumbaya. You know what I'm saying? Jesus does love everybody. He really does, even the Democrats. But, you know, and we pray for them and we hope that everything turns around. But when I, st I saw this clip and I was like, whoa, what is going on? And it's, it makes sense if you keep it in context. And this is a lot of people's problem right now with pastors. Listen, I'm not defending all pastors. I've been church hurt. I know, you know, pastors have their issues sometimes, unfortunately, um, you know, especially within the last three years. My issue with pastors really was that they weren't standing up. Um, they locked themselves into a 501c3. They felt like they couldn't say anything. They don't know our nation's founding um, and they don't know their rights. And they felt like they were handcuffed. They couldn't say anything. They wanted to keep their tax exempt ID or whatever. And, you know, whatever. And that's exactly why I don't take kindly to pastors. But when I see stuff like this, I'm like, all right, what context um, is this in? And I want to talk to this guy because I want to know what's going on. A lot of people don't even know. Uh, Christians um, who do vote Democrat, they, they have this fundamental belief that Republicans are bad and Democrats are good. But then when you look at policy, they're not biblically sound. And so I want to bring in Pastor Locke today and have a conversation with him. So without further ado, Pastor Locke, come on down. Welcome, Pastor Greg Locke. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I so I've I've done a little bit of research on you. I know that um it's it's very nice to uh see other or refreshing, I can say, to see other pastors who kind of have a fire. Um, under them when it comes to uh, the fundamental beliefs of America and where we stand on that. I personally have a, um, I don't want to say a bad taste in my mouth about pastors now. I'm in Massachusetts, so you can imagine my, uh, okay. <laughs> my, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my dilemma <laughs> when it comes yeah, yeah. to uh, Holy Spirit-filled uh, anti-socialist pastors um, out here. Uh, so you know, I, I, I always love to interview pastors who seem to be to the world controversial, but not really scripturally. 
Um, tell the mm. people, tell people where you're located and uh, really what your mission is right now. Yeah, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Mount Juliet, which is seven miles just straight east of the airport. And I'm at Global Vision Bible Church. And we are literally in our third full-blown year of Holy Spirit revival. He has moved in our midst in such unbelievable ways. And of all things, we're in a giant tent. And we're in a tent for a number of reasons. And it's because we've grown so quickly, we really have no other options. And it's just been beautiful to watch what the Lord's doing. We've baptized 7,200 converts in three years in a horse trough. So people don't care about bricks and mortar. They care about the demonstrable work of the Holy Spirit. And we are watching it actively happen every week and every day at our church. I appreciate that you're moving um, in full force, uh, you know, in light of what's happening right now out here. We've seen uh, more of a, a scarcity. I mean, really, a lot of people's true colors came out when, you know, the lockdowns happened. Where was your stance on that uh, when uh, COVID hit? I had very little tolerance during that time for people that closed down their church. I gave people, you know, a little space of grace for a week or two. But it was interesting because I was in a massive transition during that time, really coming out of a lot of Baptistic, denominational, you know, just viewing the Bible through that type of a lens. And here I was kind of thrust a little bit more into the charismatic world. And immediately I was disappointed because everybody that taught about miracles and faith didn't believe in miracles and faith. And everybody shut down their churches and nobody was getting healed and prayed for. And I thought, what a hypocritical situation to be thrust into. And so I have very little tolerance, I guess, for a pastor that preaches faith and then doesn't have any, a pastor that preaches courage and then doesn't have any. And so it was completely against my nature and our church context to even at all stop. So we didn't. And so because of that, we grew from 300 to 3,000 very rapidly because people are just looking for bold leadership. Right. And I've seen I've seen that the pastors that have stuck around or not so much stuck around, but that had kind of powered through um, all of the I mean, for lack of a better term, all of the BS that happened in the last three years, um, their churches have multiplied. Um, and I mean, this is Rodney Howard Brown in, in Florida, Jonathan, the Shuttlesworth Ministry Revival today. I mean, there are very mm -hmm. few of them. Um, but these are people that have said, you know what, we, uh, we understand what the word of God says. We stand on it. Yeah. We won't back down. And their ministries have exploded. Uh, I can't say the same for uh, ministries that, you know, decided to yeah. shut down or, you know, even out here, there were churches out here that were contracted to use as vaccine sites uh, <laughs> for their members and their pastors ended up dying because of it. They had mm. heart issues. Um, and so it was very interesting um, to see, you know, the, the, the churches that I did visit uh, and I studied socialism for, um, for a, quite some time before the pandemic hit. And I realized, wait a minute, these churches have socialized aspects to them. And I know mm -hmm. that's a tool of the enemy to really numb, uh, numb the power of the church. What do you think? Well, absolutely. I mean, the very first thing Hitler did was go after the pastors, because if you could go after the heart of the shepherd, once you get his ear, then you automatically have his voice. And once you have his voice and his platform, then the sheep are just going to follow blindly and dumbly. And so you can't really show me one church. There may be some statistical anomaly, but I don't think there's one church in America that shrunk that stayed open. But the ones that didn't stay open, they've had a hard time getting people to come back. There are some churches still just now soft reopening, still wearing masks, still sitting six feet apart, still with all of the nonsensical rules and regulations. So we either believe in faith and miracles or we don't. We either believe that 
the gates of hell shall not prevail against the local church, or we don't. And so we've really been talking out of both sides of our mouth. So every church that stood against the narrative, God has honored it. And really, this was just round one, because what this showed us is that the church, just as much as the culture, is going to easily, quickly, and readily accept the beast system when the Antichrist shows up. And people are going to look at us like we're the bad guys. No, we're not the bad guys. We're the heroes of the gospel of the New Testament of Jesus Christ, because we're standing up against the narrative and saying, these are the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Enough is enough. The power of God is either available to us today or it's not. So God is thinning out the ranks and raising up an army. I like you, Pastor. I really, I really <laughs> do. I have to say, and I don't know. I don't know if this was you because you look. I don't want to. I don't want to um, offend your size, but you looked. No, you're good. Uh, different. You look different in this video that I saw. So I don't know if it was you, um, but where you? I and you can correct me if I'm wrong. If, unless it's another pastor, Greg Locke, where he had said that, you know, if you're a Democrat, they had used the soundbite, if you're a Democrat, just leave the church. Is that you? Is that, that you? That, that was me. Yeah, everybody okay. that sees me in person, they're like, oh, you're so much smaller in person. I'm just a little 5'8 guy, you know, but yeah, that, that was me, especially when we was going through the Roe v. Wade victory and the woke churches were not celebrating the victory. And I was just like, look, if you have any part of the Democrat Party, and I know there's a lot of people that grew up in the Democrat Party, I'm like, look, you cannot believe what the Democrats believe today and call yourself a Bible Christian. So they, they love right. that clip, and uh, that, uh, that definitely got us in a lot of hot water. But at the end of the day, if you believe things that are antithetical to what Jesus taught, you can't call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. You can't believe in butchering babies and then celebrate the life and life more abundantly of the Lord Jesus. And so I have been very demonstrative. I'm trying to balance it, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to compromise the truth of the gospel for you, for me, for my mom, your mom, or anybody else's, all right? We are called to speak the truth in love. That doesn't mean we speak love at the expense of truth, because if you're not truthful, you're telling lies and you're not loving, because the loving thing to do is to warn this culture of judgment to come. Right, correct. And you know, I, I have seen this time and time and again, and it was even for me when I I, I was at the rallies, the freedom rallies here in Massachusetts, and I would see the pastors get up there, rah, 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 maybe like a handful because I mean, one or two, because a lot of them didn't want to lose their 501c3s up here. They didn't think they didn't want to lose them. And I said enough, even the pastors that are getting up there and they're saying America, 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 but they weren't even doing altar calls. What is the point yeah. of your profession? If you're not going to advance the kingdom of God, everybody is hurting right now. And so, yeah. you know, it was clear to me to see that the 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 church ha was lukewarm in America. Yeah. It wasn't like it was in the days before where in the inception of America, they would invite politicians in and they would literally go through the scripture and see if their policy actually lined up with scripture. And, you know, to have the mishandling or really the deception of uh, separation of church and state, and that that's a huge deception um, that has really crippled a lot of Christians and um, not yep. knowing the founding. And so, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing in Nashville and, um, you know, to see a clip like that. And then at this point, you just got to <laughs> laugh, right? Because after what they did to Trump, not that I'm like up Trump's butt, like all the way, because I still do <laughs> yeah. have my vaccine issues with him. But, you oh, know, absolutely. I, yeah. You know, I, if he would just and this is a side note, but if I, I, I love his policies, but if when it comes to the emotional stuff, like you just got to come on, yep. bro. 
Like let's get, yep. let's get past the emotional stick to policy. Um, but on, you know, outside of that, I, I, you see that if you line up these, these things with scripture, these policies, it's very simple decisions to make. And the fact that mm -hmm. Christians are, there's a, the majority of them are not voting is a deception that the enemy can bring in. Is that something that you saw? I mean, you don't see it now in Nashville, but have you seen it a lot down South? Oh, absolutely. No, people have been so scared of politics. They want to keep it completely out of the pews, out of the pulpit. But we're really in the problem that we're in because pastors have not been involved in the process. I have a biblical responsibility as a shepherd to do one thing. That's to feed the sheep, not entertain the goats, not slot the hogs. And part of, inter uh, part of not entertaining the sheep, but not trying to curtail to the culture, is that when I see an issue, I have to see it through the lens of Scripture. So even our politics, our policies, everything we believe has to come through the moral compass of the Word of God. And if it doesn't, then we have to reject it. So it doesn't matter if it's a Republican issue, a Democrat issue, it has to be a Bible issue. Because if we don't bring people back to the centrality of the Word of God and the truth of Jesus, then we're wasting our time. So here's been the shift in my mind. Yeah, I want to save America, but you only do that by saving Americans. We have to preach the right. gospel. We have to build the kingdom because that's what it's about. We have to be kingdom-minded individuals, and pastors have lost that reality. A hundred percent. And you know what? Um, to me, Republicans and Democrats are two heads of the same snake. Just one head oh, is yes. bigger than the other. You know? Oh, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, that's that, and that's a reality that we're all dealing with now. And thank God we are, because it just tells you the uh, the position and the the size of uh, the Christian soul that is in America that has been kind of dumbed down at the end of the day. Uh, now yes. uh, you re you, you received a lot of which I think it's funny when people call it persecution because when you look at persecution in the New Testament, those guys were you know thrown in jail yes. and beaten. Um, and you know, people get a little comment now they're like, Oh, I'm being persecuted on Facebook, but that's not really <laughs> you're not being persecuted, uh, because of your beliefs. Uh, but you know, the persecution that, you know, in, and I guess in 2023 terms, um, you know, for standing up and just speaking the truth like that, did you get that? Did you get a lot of that? I, you got it from the world. You definitely got it from mainstream media. But did you get any of that from um, just Christians within the church with that that one clip, that soundbite? Well, with that one clip, I did. But I mean, really, anything I've done since 2015, since things kind of blew up with the whole Supreme Court decision, you know, for same-sex marriage, it's it's really been a, like a 50-50 split. I get as much hate from the church as I do from the world. But, you know, Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you. There's going to come a time, and we're very much in that time, that they want to have their ears tickled. and They want just little, you know, Disney antics. They want pyrotechnics in church, and I call it skinny jeans, big screens, and fog machines. They don't want a man of God to stand up and point his finger and say, thus saith the Lord. But we've got to get back to thus saith the Lord. And if we don't, we're going to lose the church as we know it. And when we lose the church, we're going to lose the nation. Because America did not start the church. It was the church that birthed this nation. It was the church that birthed America. Now, do you have any, is that something that you teach your congregation? Um, do you have like any classes on the founding of America? What does that look like for your church? Well, there's so many resources available for that that I don't necessarily have that. I mean, I, I teach on it. You know, I've, I've 
preached on it before and things in, in little small snippets, more when I'll do like the reawaken conference, political rallies and things like that. But for the most part, there's so much good material out there, wall builders, international ministries and things like that, that mm-hmm. I don't really have to. I can just kind of divert them to that. Yeah, wall builders is I've seen David Barton a couple of times at some conferences and he was his books are phenomenal. I get a yes. lot of my history uh, for my books um, from him. Uh, and I look forward to visiting him there um, out in Texas for sure. He's like the number one um, historian that has documented evidence, like all oh, he's most amazing. of the evidence. Yeah, is he's awesome. Now, tell me about your background. What is that a promo of? In the New uh, Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? Come on. God used controversy. Look, I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. We are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king! It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Uh, the background is a promo for the movie we have coming out March 13th, Come Out in Jesus' Name. It's about our deliverance ministry and really how uh, the casting out of evil spirits is something that we have forgotten about, but it's the ancient ministry of Jesus. It's a number one thing Jesus did. It's a third of everything he did, every message he preached and every place that he went. And so a couple of years ago, deliverance broke out in our church. And you have to understand, I'm an ex-cessationist, right? I didn't believe in deliverance, tongues, miracles, signs, wonders, any of that. 
and God baptized us in the Holy Spirit, grew our church. We're now a five-fold ministry church, and tens of thousands of people are coming to our church all of the time for deliverance, for personal sessions, and every week. Uh, we just celebrated 52 straight Sunday nights with hundreds of people coming with no break for mass deliverance, and they're coming from around the world, and so we put out a movie called Come Out in Jesus' Name so that the church can know we have authority to stand up to this buckwild, demonized, and oppressed culture and say enough's enough. There is power in the name of Jesus. And this woke, lukewarm church doesn't understand the power and the authority and the influence that we have. And so rather than just do it in our church, we're taking it to the movie screens so we can encourage other pastors and say, look, you better step it up. There is power in the name of Jesus over evil spirits, over this culture. And you need to teach your people that. And so we're going to 2,000 movie theaters all over the nation. And it's going to be a beautiful revival of what God can do when you actually believe the Bible. I feel like I should do a, a praise dance. One, one, give me some. A little happy one, dance. Give me, huh? some Pentecostal, give me some Pentecostal praise music. I have never heard of a church um, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and then believing in, in those yep. things. And, you know, I had felt so left out in Massachusetts because I didn't know. I mean, you had your old school Baptist, traditional Baptist. You've got... You, you're, you're, I don't know, new age Christian. They don't believe in, you know, <laughs> yeah. signs and wonders and tongues. Nope. And what, what an amazing testimony to hear that a whole church, Juan, get me yeah. that, get me that Pentecostal music. That whole church can flip <laughs> deliverance, the, the deliverance. Yeah. You know, I was just in Florida visiting my uncle and I remember God early, and this is a side note, but I remember early on when I was really studying the word of God, God speaking to me and telling me, you're going to be casting out demons, prepare. Yeah, and some way along the line, as I was preparing, I knew that in my spirit and I, I knew I was to do it. And I would practice on my roommate's cat because I don't like cats. I feel like, <laughs> I honestly feel like they're from the pit of hell anyway. So, you know, no offense to the listeners, yeah, uh, but you know, yeah. I, I would practice on her cat and I would say, Chi Chi, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And I would, I would practice all day long. And I find myself that, I mean, I have been delivered myself, you know, from suicidal yeah. thoughts, depression. I yes. was supernaturally attacked um, by demons and, you know, in the physical, I, I don't know if that makes any sense because everybody's attacked in the physical, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I oh, had I know a, a supernatural experience and, and I, I was reminded that I, I went to a couple of Pente like real Pentecostal uh, um, churches in Florida and the pastor reminded me, I didn't know who he was. He had no idea who I was. And he said, you are to cast out demons mm. in this, in this age. And I said, come on, come on, bring it, bring yeah. it. And it, it lit a <laughs> fire. It excites me, you know, where it scares other people. I'm like, that's what we're, that's what we're called to do as believers anyway. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, it gladdens my heart that to hear a whole church turn like that, Pastor, that makes me so happy. Yeah, we literally turned the entire congregation. You know, these days, denominationally, you can't even like move a chair or a communion table without, you know, the deacons going crazy and everybody leaving the church. We literally moved an entire church. I mean, a large church shifted everybody's focus. And the beautiful thing, as you'll see uh, in the movie, is the, the whole arc of the movie is I was nervous that people in the church were going to leave and not know how to handle it. But when I got up and announced what my wife and I 
had been called of the Lord to do, the church was already there. They stood, gave me an ovation. It was almost like God said, I told you, knucklehead, if you would have obeyed me earlier, I already had the sheep prepared for the direction that the shepherd was going to take them. And so it's been a beautiful transition. It has literally not just set our church on fire. It has caused a global awakening. And our church has become really a, a tip of the spear congregation for the element and an understanding of what it means to take out the spookiness and the kookiness and to stand up and cast out demons in the name of Jesus. It works every single time it works. It's so simple, it should never work, but it always works because it's so simple because it's not built around me and you. It's built around one premise and the premise is come out in Jesus name. That's why we named the movie that. And you know, it's, it's um, Hollywood's fault really because they will make <laughs> a movie where the demon seems like he's more powerful and it's super scary and like he will overpower the priest that goes to, you know, deliver or whatever. And that's, that's what the majority of people think, uh, you know, when, yep. they, when it comes to demons is that they, it overpowers and it's very scary, but that's the problem. We don't really have a yep. demon problem. We have a wisdom problem because people don't know the word of God and they don't know that they have authority um, in, in rebuking and delivering those things. Um, and so, Long, yeah. what, what took you so long to get this guy on? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I don't understand. So yeah, I, I'm, I, and I, you know, I saw a trailer for that movie and I didn't know that that was your movie. Yep. It sure is. So we'd love for you to see it. I'm telling you, it's, it's already selling out all over America. You would think that people wouldn't like this subject material, but they are, they're hungry for it. They're thirsty, the church and the world. And so here we are about to literally go into theaters all over America and hopefully all English-speaking countries eventually, and just show them there really is power in the name of Jesus. And you don't have to be afraid. Everybody freaks out about demons. You don't have to. I'm telling you, it's the number one thing Jesus did, and he did it in synagogue after synagogue. Jesus showed up in churches, and demons would manifest. And I get preachers all the time, well, you know, no demons manifest in my church. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's not my fault you don't have enough authority to manifest a demon in your church, right? But if you walk in the authority of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, demons are going to come out. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. And so it happens every day, every service, all the time. And again, your voice carries an anointing. We cast out demons over Zoom calls. I'm telling you, the power is in the name of Jesus. So yeah, March 13th, come out in Jesus' name. You're going to be all over the place. It'll be beautiful. March 13 in select theaters, what theaters will it be in? Uh, if you go to comeoutinjesusname.com and just put in your, you know, your address or your town, it'll pop up. Because again, it's in nearly 2,000 theaters, uh, theaters all over America. So there's a lot of theaters that's carrying it. It's a fathom event. Well, tell, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find their your church. If they're in Nashville, where are you located? Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Mount Juliet, just outside of Nashville. If they go to Global Vision BC, like Bible Church, globalvisionbc.com. And then just look up Pastor Greg Locke on all of our socials uh, and it'll all pop up. And then if they want to know something about the movie, it's just come out in Jesus name .com. And if you want to see a controversial clip and get really, really mad, you can also just Google uh, Pastor Greg Locke. <laughs> oh, the, and... <laughs> there's, there's plenty on YouTube about me. I can promise you that. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Pastor, for coming on. I look forward to visiting your church and watching the movie and, and having you on again for sure. God bless. And listen, let me, can I pray over you real quick before you leave? Oh, okay? please do. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you in a spirit of thanksgiving. Thank you for uh, having Pastor on the show today and for uh, talking about his 
his uh, testimony with his entire church. This is exactly what we need today, Lord. Mm. And your word says where two or three are gathered, you are there, Lord. We know that you are in the midst, the Holy Spirit-filled church. Expand their reach, Lord. Expand Greg's yes. reach, Lord. Cover him in the right. Holy Spirit. Cover him with your protection and your wisdom, Lord. Give him increase so that he can continue to spread the word of God, deliver, heal, and then mm -hmm. fill the Holy Spirit wherever he can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you, and I, I hope to see you again soon. Absolutely. God bless you. What an amazing interview with Pastor Greg Locke. Listen, I and I, I may lose friends over this, but if you don't believe in deliverance, and this is in the new, like, this is New Testament. These are our marching orders you know, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, um, you know, to be Holy Spirit filled, speaking in tongue believers. I, and, and I have some friends that criticize, um, you know, these very uh, fundamental things and maybe they've been church hurt. And, you know, like I had said before, maybe they've have, have bad experiences um, where pastors have stolen money or whatever it is. I want to um, encourage you to go back and look at the New Testament. Go back um, and really examine uh, what our marching orders are from Jesus. And hey, if if you can get out and see this movie, I'm definitely going to go see it myself. Um, but what what a breath of fresh air! I feel like there's so many pastors out there that um, you know it's it's disheartening to see that they're not willing to just stand up and they're not willing to. Um, you know, get the, get that hot. They're hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like even some pastors are lukewarm. They're like not cold, but not hot. And it's unfortunate to see, and it's actually unscriptural. And so, you know, I, I, I thank Pastor Locke for coming on and giving me an opportunity to, um, to interview him. But listen, let me encourage you today. If you feel like, um, you know, in the last three years, like, you know, pastor's church has multiplied. These churches have multiplied. Good churches have multiplied for a reason. If you feel like you your church has become a socialist nightmare, you don't know where to turn to, or maybe you've never even received God or Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you. That is the way to heaven. That is the way, whether you'll know whether you're going to heaven or hell, is by receiving this message that Jesus died for you and you are here for such a time as this. Let me pray with me real quick um, so that you can welcome Jesus into your heart. I'll send you a free Bible. I'll teach you how to teach you how to read it. Easy peasy. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I confess my sins. I acknowledge that Jesus died for me on the third day. Jesus died for me on the cross and on the third day he rose. I confess with my heart and I acknowledge with my mouth that he is my Lord and Savior. I am a Holy Spirit filled Christian in Jesus name. That's it. Welcome to the family. You're a brother and sister in Christ. Go to my website, rookierevival.com, where you can get your free Bible. I will teach you how to read it. Um, it's one thing to have a Bible, but it's another, you know, to actually know and understand um, how it's written, why it's written, why it's written for you um, at this time. But listen, let me encourage you, if you're in the Tennessee area, go see Pastor Locke in Nashville. And if not, hit me up. Maybe I can help you find a non-socialized, uh, demonized, uh, democratic church in Jesus' name. I will see you next week.